Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When it comes to a Milwaukee sales tax. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Plenty of people are giving their two cents. And I don't think that we need to be giving anything else to the government. This week on Open Record. Well, good afternoon. How the new mayor cut a deal to save the city. Many of us are frustrated at how we got here. And why he could pay a political price. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. We are investigative reporters breaking down the big stories, what it took to get them, taking you behind the scenes. It's the stuff we couldn't tell you on TV. I'm Brian Polson, and I'm joined again this week by Open Record's executive producer, Sarah Smith. Hey, Sarah. Hi. And we are joined for the first time in the video version of the podcast this week by Fox 6 political reporter and longtime Open Record contributor, Jason Calvi. Hi, Jason. Not sure how to do this without having a blanket over my bed in my my bedroom trying to do a podcast muffling out all of the background noise. Maybe if I go like this, I'll see you in a little square on Zoom. The good news is you don't have to worry about like interruptions, children, pets, anything like that. We hope hope there's no pets. Yeah, we, 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 not that we know. Yet. Anyway, unless Kale has some back there. <laughs> we are recording this episode on Wednesday, June 28th for release on Thursday, June 29th, 2023. And earlier this week, the Milwaukee Common Council's eight-member steering and rules committee voted to recommend approval of a two-cent sales tax. Supporters say it would stave off a financial crisis that could cost hundreds of city jobs and lead to severe cuts in basic services. But not everyone is happy about the deal that was struck in Madison to make it possible. Jason, you've been following this, I know, for weeks, if not months. Let's start with the sales tax itself. How did we get to this point where the Common Council has the ability to establish a sales tax in the first place? Because that hasn't always been the case. And and not even months we've been talking about the sales tax. I mean, years and even in more than a decade where city leaders have talked about this big ballooning pension crisis that was coming. There was a fiscal cliff ahead. Uh, The mayor, Mayor Kevlar Johnson, has spent months, uh, maybe pretty much a year, working on, on trying to get more funding for the city. And uh, previous mayor Barrett had had also asked for the sales tax. At that point, they were asking for a sales tax referendum to allow the, the local people to uh, to vote on approving a sales tax increase. So right now, city of Milwaukee does not have a city sales tax. They say um, it's one of the few in the country, a city of this size, that, that doesn't have a sales tax ability. Um, and, so- and that's because of state law, right? I mean, the city, it's not that the city's never wanted to have a sales tax. They're literally not allowed until now under state law to have a sales tax. Right. And so now with this new act that was just signed by Governor Evers and passed by the legislature on a bipartisan basis, they will now have that power. They needed the state law to change. They needed the state legislature and the governor to give them that power to raise a local sales tax. They said, again, without that local sales tax, that 2% sales tax, they would have devastating cr- cuts in the year to come. Uh, in t- by 2025, there's all this American Rescue Act money, which is federal funds from COVID. Those are going to run out. And there's this pension ballooning pension problem that's right on the cusp of needing to be fulfilled. And they, they're like, we're going to have to make cuts of hundreds of police officers, firefighters, fire engines, fire Fire stations would be closed. Library hours would be substantially cut. 
city services across the board would be cut. And there was hearings and meetings at the city level where they laid out various proposals for what they might have to cut based on the fact they need to fulfill their pension obligation. Because if you get a job with the city of Milwaukee, they say, hey, we're going to give you this job, but we also are going to give you this pension. So they have an obligation to pay those people that are retirees that are relying on that pension. They have to pay that pension fund. And um, so now with this new law, the city is empowered to have the common council with a two-thirds majority vote to impose this 2% sales tax across the city. So the sales tax is kind of tied in with this other thing that we've been talking a lot about in Milwaukee, which is shared revenue. Um, I mean, I feel like I've been in local news for a while and I haven't heard as much about shared revenue as I have in the last six to eight months. So can you talk about what, you know, the shared revenue deal is for the city? Sure. So this shared revenue is actually going to boost funding from the state governor government to every municipality. So that's your county, that's your town, that's your village, that's your city. Across the board, across Wisconsin, municipalities are gonna see an increase in shared revenue. It's an issue that Republicans and Democrats all said they, that they're not able to keep up with inflation. They're, they're gonna, they can't, they can't, you know, salaries are increasing, healthcare costs are increasing. So you have a, a police officer. Well, yeah, you have, you have, you hire a police officer, but now you also have to pay for health insurance, retirement. So all of those, Costs are increasing. We've seen inflation and city leaders have said they need more money from the state government. So shared revenue is when when you buy things across the state, there's a 5% sales tax and that money fees and licenses and all those fees that the, the, the state government collects, they go to Madison. And then when the budget is put together, they send money back to the municipalities, counties, et cetera. That's what we're calling, that's what this phrase of shared revenue is. And again, I mean, Brookfield, Waukesha, Washington, I mean, across the board, whoever you talk to, a small village, uh, a big city like Milwaukee, they said they needed more money. And that was sort of a, a, a voice, bipartisan voice across the state. And so there's been this effort over this last session to try to boost that funding. Governor Evers, when he was running back in 2022 for re-election, he said his biggest priority was going to be boosting shared revenue. And Republicans also saw this as a need as well. And so at the end of the day, they've been negotiating this for this last, now we're what, almost in July here. So they, they started negotiating this at the beginning of the session. And even there was preliminary work as well in the fall. So they finally came up with this deal that's going to boost uh, shared revenue. It's also going to allow, in the same bill, allow Milwaukee the power to, if two-thirds of the Common Council votes, to impose that 2% sales tax. And the county, the Milwaukee County, will also be able to add to its sales tax 0.4%, 0.4%. So all in all, right now in Milwaukee, you pay 5.5% for your sales tax. That's 5% for the state and 0.5% for Milwaukee County. Now it's going to go if both of these are approved by the by the bodies, the county board for that uh, county tax and city uh, common council for the city tax. Your sales tax is going to go from five point five to seven point nine in the city of Milwaukee. So you pay a hundred dollars for something in the city. You're going to pay what is that then seven dollars ninety cents in tax for sales tax where it would have been five dollars and fifty cents. Mm-hmm, exactly. So a difference of a couple bucks. Um, but but here's I want to step back for a minute because you say that this has been a conversation that's been going on for so long. The city has wanted to raise the sales tax for so long. All of a sudden, here's a Republican state legislature going, which, by the way, has been at odds with Democrat uh, Mayor Tom Barrett for many, many years, saying, OK, we're going to give you that chance. But there's some give and take here. 
And and one of the things that became a major sticking point in the negotiations over shared revenue was, should voters be the ones who get to approve a sales tax if there's going to be one, or should it just be the common council? And you mentioned in the past, the common council said, we'll take anything. Let's let it go to, let the voters decide. And then in this deal, all of a sudden the city was saying, no, 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 we don't want the voters to decide. We want to decide this as a council. Why was that such an important sticking point? And, and, and based on what you've seen in your reporting, how big of a difference does that make? A couple different issues here. One is, yeah, there was a worry that now you got to convince people to vote. Okay, it's going to take a, a massive campaign. Right now we see inflation. We see the cost of everything, groceries, gas, all of those things have gone up in the last couple of years. And so there's, an, I guess, a worry that are you going to are you going to have all these voters actually be able to say, yes, let's let's impose a sales tax. That that was a question one. And then number two is it's going to take a campaign to get the voters to agree with the city perspective, which is if you don't raise the sales tax, you're going to have massive cuts to police, fire libraries, roads, sanitation, everything. Your garbage pickup is going to be delayed. The streetlights aren't going to be repaired. I mean, all those things that the city has warned us is going to happen if they don't have this extra money would come true, they're saying. So, but you have to convince voters that right. that's worth doing. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, it, it's an open question if that would actually pass. I mean, I think a lot of people would say, we, we, for example, we wanted to just hear from regular people. So we went to Summerfest because we knew that we were going to get people from around the area, from all different backgrounds, from all different perspectives at Summerfest. And we were outside the grounds there on this public sidewalk. And we just asked people, you know, what do you think? Should, should they raise this to avoid a fiscal crisis? And again, an informal poll. It's definitely not, not scientific, scientific poll. Right, sure. Definitely not yeah. scientific. But the majority of people there said they were opposed to the sales tax. Now, that's a lot different from when we had a public hearing at City Hall. I was going to say, yeah, what happened this week when they had the public hearing? So they had a public hearing, and this was the one and only official chance at a public hearing for voters, community members to come out and speak for and against the sales tax. And the vast, pretty much everybody that spoke, spoke for in support of the sales tax, with the exception of two people. There were two taxpayers that spoke, and they were ambivalent toward the sales tax they had questions they said we don't have enough information they they wanted more they wanted more things and then i i spoke with them afterwards as well just to clarify are you sure for or against and and one of the one of the ladies who spoke um she said at the end of the day that she wanted to see them make more efficient use of city resources she said her there was a street by her that she said they paved every year why do they have to pave it every year so she was saying she thought there was ways the city could save money but at the end of the day i i kept asking her again and again. And then finally she said she would support her alder man voting for the sales tax. So I, that's yeah. what stands out to me here, Jason, is you went and talked to people. And by the way, yeah. it's not just people in the city who would pay this. Mm-hmm. It is visitors. And it's one of the selling points for some on the council right. is that it would be outsiders who come to the city and use our resources mm-hmm. who would pay some of the sales tax. But, but when you go to talk to those people, you got all sorts of people saying, no, we don't think it's a great idea. We don't want them to do it. But then you go to the council meeting and the business groups and the other people who testify, mm-hmm. they all speak in favor. What does that say about the importance of the difference between a referendum and the council having the power? Yeah, I think that that's a perfect example that it will be easier for it's a, it could be easier to get a 10, 10 vote. You're going to need 10 out of the 15 common council members. That's the super that's the two thirds majority there to, to approve. And. It so I think it's going to be easier for them to convince the common council members who are ingrained, you know, they, they, they're studying the policy, they're studying the budget all of the time. They know how substantial these cuts are going to be. 
And um, the, the business leaders, I, I have, you know, the list of people that spoke. I mean, it's, the people that did speak in favor, it was really, there was a few, for, you know, former city employee, there was, but most, the, most of these people that spoke in favor were, were groups. So Greater Milwaukee Committee, um, you had Eve Hall from, uh, from the Urban League, you had, you know, the, the, empl- the city employees union representative, you had um, the li- a library board member. So you had uh, Joel Brennan, right? I mean, you had all these people who, who's with the Greater Milwaukee Committee. Yeah. But you had all these sort of business lead- business and, and civic organization leaders speaking in favor. I really thought there was going to be long lines of people really coming out on that Citizens, Sunday. Yeah. yeah, just regular, you know, people that are not part of a formal organization that our CEOs, you know, uh, business leaders, community leaders. I thought we were going to have a bunch and we didn't. We really... It was just what did the people when you talked, you know, just to the people that were kind of walking into Summerfest or on the grounds there, the people that, you know, you said it was more said no, that they wouldn't support it. Did they give a reason as to why? Like, what was their what were their sticking points? Yeah. And I think we heard some of those in, in the open of the show. Somebody said, you know, I think we give the government enough money as it is. And that that person that we heard that from was actually a city employee. Uh, Paid, she's a government employee. She she's a teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She works uh, uh, as a teacher, so she realizes the value of taxes because it helps fund her work. Um, but at the end of the day, she she thought, well, police, fire, and teachers were already getting enough money in the city budget. They they didn't need more. That was her perspective. Um, others others talked. About, I, one young man I spoke with at, at outside Summerfest was talking about how he was 21 years old. He's out living on his own now. And how expensive it is to be on your own. You know, rent is going up, it has gone up, food has gone up. And now you're going to add one more thing on to the list here. Now, I should clarify, I mentioned the food and those sorts of things. This sales tax does not apply when you go buy your groceries. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. pay sales tax on your groceries here in Wisconsin. So that's one thing that you're exempt from. Another question that people have is, well, what about big, big items like a car? Cars are really distinct in Wisconsin because when you pay your sales tax for a car, you pay based on where you live, not where you buy. So hypothetically, you could say this is going to close down auto dealers in in the city of Milwaukee because there's going to be this higher sales tax. Well, not necessarily because if you buy in Milwaukee or buy in Wauwatosa or buy in Brookfield or buy anywhere, Washington County, you're, you're going to pay your sales tax based on where you live. So if you live in Milwaukee and these sales tax go through when you buy that car, you're going to pay a 7.9%. Well, and hypothetically, how long, how long is this sales tax? You know, we're not looking at forever. Right. It's not forever. That's, that's an interesting question. Well, if you ask the people who say when you raise taxes, they never go away. Some would say it's probably forever, but officially it's not. Officially in the text of this law that was signed by the governor, it says that the sales tax only goes until the pension is fully funded. So that's that big looming financial crisis is be a lot of it has to do with this pension once that pension is fully funded the sales tax goes away or there's there's it's one or the other <laughs> that's why whatever <laughs> so it's either a when the pension's fully funded or b 30 years whichever one comes first okay so we're yeah if it's b i mean we're t- 30 years that's, potentially yeah. or is it going to take 30 years to pay off this pension? I'm I'm not a I'm not a financial. I've guy. been around yeah, journalism yeah. long enough to know that if there is a funding stream that they can keep going mm-hmm. and let's keep the spigot open, 
They'll keep it open mm -hmm. in any way they can because there are all, all these needs and competing interests. What I find so fascinating about this is that you have a, a mayor, first new mayor in, what was it, 18 years mm -hmm. or, or however, yeah. how long Tom Barrett was in office, a long, long time, comes in and in his first year in office, he knows he's facing this fiscal mm -hmm. cliff. We've talked about it over and over again. The, the federal funding going away at the same time the pension is ballooning and he knows this is going to be a huge deal. So he goes to Madison. We've got to repair relationships. He spends a lot of time in there in Madison talking to people across the political aisle and comes up with this deal and comes back and now the city for the first time has the chance to raise its sales tax. But that package came with, with, with a price. There were negotiations and there were things that the Republicans in the legislature put in there that are not things many people in the city of Milwaukee, particularly the electeds, are happy with. So he is now getting blowback over the deal he brought back, even though some would say he saved the city. Others say, yeah, but that deal, we didn't have any say in this. Why is he getting blowback over this shared revenue deal? And we had that public hearing this week and the aldermen and alderwomen there discussed their disappointment in that deal. Um, alderman Chambers said it was abysmal. And um, I talked with, with alders before and after common council meeting last week. And, and same thing, there was a disappointment in some of these stipulations there. They thought they could have got, they thought a, they should have got more from, from the, from the state and, and B, they thought that these requirements that are placed just on Milwaukee are severe. Let's and, remind people, what are some of those requirements? Yeah. So, so, I mean, Brian, one of the things that's in there is, uh, Thing that you cover a lot, which is the streetcar. It says no tax money can go to operating the streetcar and, and no um, special uh, financing can be used, uh, city's financing can be used for the extension of the streetcar. Because the city leaders, I mean, it's an official policy of the city to extend the streetcar north MLK and, and south to Walker's Point. And, 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 um, and so this, this law says, nope, you can't use the city levy to, you can't use the city tax money to uh, to operate it and uh, to extend it. That's a big hurdle now because the city still has an official policy to extend the hop. And that was talked about on Monday and there's some there's some things there. That, that's They're one of the- pushing forward with plans, but yeah. the whole mm -hmm. separate conversation. That's a right. whole separate conversation because I, I got about 15 points on that as well. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I think I'll ask you the questions on that <laughs> since you're the expert, but, but the streetcar, uh, you cannot use the tax money for the streetcar. Uh, you're gonna have to bring MPS, Milwaukee Public Schools is gonna have to bring uh, 25 school resource officers back to the classroom. So they haven't had police in the schools for years. Um, they actually ended the contract um, with, with Milwaukee Police now because of the state law. MPS has to bring those police officers back as school resource officers. So that, that'll be a change. Uh, money for diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is a big discussion point at corporate, corporate levels as well as at school boards and at the state government level as well. Uh, you cannot use city tax money for diversity, equity, and inclusion here in Milwaukee anymore, moving forward you know, in the future. So um, those are a lot of the sticking points. There, there are many other sticking points as well. Um, and if I heard correctly, yeah. as I listened to this, Jason, it, it's, it, it, it's one thing to have those things in the final deal. It sounded to me like some of the uh, people on the Common Council were concerned that they weren't consulted as these things were being negotiated. It wasn't as though the mayor came to them and said, hey, here's the package. What do you guys think? They felt like they were cut out of the process. Is that right? That's what the, that's what they were. That's what they're saying is that they they felt like they didn't. The communication was not there. That was not clear exactly what was happening behind the scenes. I mean, these negotiations stretched on intensely for months. And uh, and so they felt like they did not have enough 
say, and, and they weren't hearing enough about what was happening behind the scenes. Now, And, and they're taking action to try to change that, they right? They are taking action to try to change that. So um, the Common Council is... It has a piece of legislation before it, and it's actually at the meeting this week, they've actually referred it back to committee. They, the Common Council President, Jose Perez, wants to spend more time kind of honing what that proposal is going to look like. But at the end of the day, what it's going to do is it's going to allow the mayor to have two sort of lobbyist people that are working on legislation at the state level. And then Common Council will also have two lobbyists. Right now, the Common Council has a person who is halftime lobbyist. And um, and then most of the lobbying all was done here uh, in, in the city lobbying is is done in the mayor's office. So this will give both both the legislature, I'm sorry, both the common council and the mayor two seats uh, at the negotiating table for lobbying. But it will also, you know, it will set up what's called the division of legislative affairs. And I've got this, this is the proposal right in front of me here. And, uh, but again, it's a, a rough draft because Alderman Perez says he he needs more time to figure out what this is going to be, but it would put legislative affairs, which is quote unquote, you know, lobbying, it's the negotiations with Madison, all those things. It would put it under the jurisdiction of the common council, which would be um, in a way saying, okay, thanks mayor for what you did, but really no thanks. We, we're we're going to, we're going to take this in the future because we didn't feel common council didn't feel like it had enough say now alderman perez the common council president did have a seat at the negotiating table he was involved with those negotiations but the 15 member body of the common council really felt like they could have had more of a say more of a knowledge of what was happening behind the scenes and not just you know finding out about the the finding out about it through the press or through um final negotiations as they came i find this piece so fascinating in the power struggle that's going on because we heard from state representative evan goike at the hearing who spoke up and said based on what he saw happening with with the mayor and with you know milwaukee area lawmakers working you know he, he evan goike's a democrat and he said the inroads they saw in terms of building relationships in Madison that had been broken for so long, um, they, you know, people wouldn't even sit down and, and speak. Now there are sort of inroads and contacts. He seemed to feel like this was a really great thing and that the mayor was a big part of that. And I almost wonder, is there some sense maybe in the mayor's office? And I don't know if you've talked to mayor about this or, or any of his staff, but sort of a, you know, um, th- thanks for all you just did for me. And now we're going to take power away, sort of like a you know, a, 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 almost backhanded compliment. You, you you saved the city and yet now we want to take away your power. Do they feel a little bit like, hey, look what we did and now you want to punish me for that? Yeah, potentially. I mean, I think, you know, that's one of the questions that people that people in the mayor's office, including his chief lobbyist, uh, are, are when they hear these criticisms. For example, um, you know, Milwaukee is getting a 10% boost in shared revenue and everybody else is getting, getting uh, 20%. Um, and so, uh, but the reason lawmakers say they they gave Milwaukee less is because they're going to be able to raise the sales tax. So right. at the end of the day, they're going to get this bigger boost in funding if they approve the sales tax, um, which other communities across the state don't have that ability to raise the sales tax. Counties, uh, uh, municipalities don't do not have that power. Only Milwaukee does. Um, so uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I was talking to the chief lobbyist there and he was, you know, we're going to get so much money that we never had. I mean, this is a big win for the city and this big pension problem, which would have led to devastating cuts, is now potentially going to be fixed with this sales tax if it's approved by the Common Council. And that's the big next step. So, well, Mayor Johnson gave a state of the city on Monday, though, too, which was shortly after the sales tax hearing. So what kind of things did he highlight? And, you know, did he touch on the sales tax? So when the mayor gave his state of the state and he 
or State of the City, sorry, he gave it at Summerfest, which was an interesting location because we're in the middle of the mm-hmm. Summerfest, Summerfest season right now. And he laid out some of his priorities for the future. And one of the big priorities was this lead lateral issue. We've seen mm-hmm. huge uh, problem with, uh, with lead poisoning when you look at the Department of Health Services stat- data for, for child uh, lead poisoning. Um, it's been a problem, and and the mayor in his state of the city is is pledging to um, really ramp up the speed on the replacement. <clears throat> I think through twenty forty is the goal to have them all replaced by in the twenty forty three maybe. Um, but but they're they're that's a lot faster than what the current proposal is. So he's he's talking about using federal funding. There's this bipartisan infrastructure act. There's other federal funds to uh, to really ramp up the speed of the lateral, lateral replacement, which has been a big issue in various communities. Also talking about investing money in secured bike lanes. So these bike lanes would uh, be on city streets, but they'd be protected. So, you know, sometimes when you're driving down the street, you'll see there is a bike lane, but it's right next to the cars. And sometimes right. the cars drive through them. Yeah. This would be protected. And he wants, he wants to ramp up those as well. Um, the mayor did during his uh, state of the city um, speak with media as well and, and took questions on, on what's going on both before he, he rehearsed his speech on Sunday and then and then also spoke on Monday, giving his actual address. And uh, one of the questions was, you know, does he support some of these actions that the Common Council is looking at? One of those is a potential lawsuit. We didn't mention that, but- A lawsuit over the shared revenue. Oh, yeah. So, so one of the proposals that's moving forward in the Common Council would be to hire outside counsel- to you know, talking about constitutional lawyers that are experts in looking at state constitutional matters and whether or not what's in the shared revenue law potentially infringes on the constitutional rights of the city of Milwaukee. So that is the big question, and the city is looking at that option to potentially um, sue and, and hire these uh, lawyers to bring a, a lawsuit forward to challenge some of the provisions. And I said, well, what are those provisions? You know, and Think it's a little too early. They want to talk behind closed this, closed doors. It also seems to get sort of into this legal wonkiness mm-hmm. too. I heard the one of someone from the city attorney's office saying, uh, you know, something about home rule, and then you go, what's home rule? And it gets very. This is where the lawyers start start right. to get geeky, right? Mm-hmm. And but but it could have huge implications depending on uh, where that goes. Right, right. And so, um, and you know, and, and so the mayor seemed to, um, be open to this idea of of the challenges um one of the things that the speaker said was you know you're you're getting all this extra money this seems to be a frivolous use of taxpayer money now to be suing uh when you should be just using money for you know the basic services why would you be wasting the money so that's kind of what the republicans are saying when they hear the fact that uh city's city common council is looking at the idea of potentially suing so uh that's one of the one of the ways that the city is looking to push back on some of the restrictions upon Milwaukee another way that they're trying to push back is by getting around some of these restrictions like I talked about the streetcar prohibition that bans those sales tax dollars from being used for the operation of the streetcar well one of the things that the Common Council did on Monday was say, well, we want the Department of Public Works to apply for, this was a committee meeting on Monday. It wasn't the full Common Council yet, but it, it moves it forward. They want Public Works to apply for this federal grant that could potentially get 80% of uh, expansion costs for the streetcar paid for. They said $150 million. It right? sounded like more like 70%-ish yeah. is what yeah. they're thinking, which which is the big question because even if they're successful, and we reported on this recently, they've been 
not successful at all in getting federal grants in recent years. I think they're like one for 13 yeah. in the past, you know, 15 years. Um, so even if they somehow cross that bar and were to get this so-called smart starts money that's part of the federal infrastructure bill, if they get that, it only covers 70 percent ish is what what uh, DPW said yeah. that leaves 30 percent of local money. Well, where does that money come from if the state says and state law now says you can't use tax increment financing, you can't levy new taxes? Where do they get that local money from? And I think that's going to be the big question. And to me, one of the keys that's going to be interesting is to see what they say in that federal application, because they have to lay out what the funding plan is, both federally and locally to get the federal money, which means they have to have some kind of a plan identified. Again, we could go down a whole different rabbit hole on that one, but obviously that's one of those things you're talking about is they're going to try to get around some of these rules right. if they can right. and, and push ahead. I want to wrap it up with, with this thought because I said at the top of this that the Steering Rules Committee recommended the approval of a two-cent sales tax. It hasn't happened yet. Right. They need two-thirds of the Common Council mm -hmm. to approve this. What happens next, and, and what do you get – what is the sense right now of do they have the, the two-thirds votes to get that done? When I talked with the, with the mayor's lobbyist. He said there's still work to be done, and you can see some of that uh, in, in this uh, public hearing on Monday where two alder – Alders mentioned uh, that was Stamper and Cogs. They me they mentioned that they needed more time. They they didn't actually they, they abstained from the vote to recommend the sales tax to the full common council um, because they said they wanted more time to to talk to their constituents. So there's going to be some opportunities. This was the one and only public hearing, you know, at the city level with the committee that was on Monday. But there's still going to be opportunities with your alder man or woman to um, share your thoughts. There are going to be some uh, public uh, meetings and, and listening sessions. The um, president's going to be on the radio at some point. So there's going to be opportunities for people to kind of share for and against. But right now on the schedule is going to be July 11th. That is the big day where the common council is going to gavel in and they're going to be looking at should we vote yes or no on the sales tax? And I talked with Alderman Perez, the Common Council president. He said it is possible at that meeting that some there could be enough votes to push it back to, to the end of July to vote on that sales tax. But sometime in July, likely July 11th, the Common Council is going to vote yes or no on a sales tax. And it seems to me, just one final thought here, is that as they try to sell this to whomever, if they don't approve the sales tax, they're still stuck with the things they don't like in the shared revenue bill, and that's a key piece here, right? Even is this one of those pills they kind of have to swallow, or is that one of the arguments for those who support this is if you don't approve the sales tax because you don't like the shared revenue deal, you still get the bad stuff, but you don't get the revenue from the sales tax. And that's one of the things that at the end of the day, when the Common Council votes, they're not going to be voting on – these other issues are just the, the question before them is going to be yes or no on a 2% sales tax. And then they have these other things that they're trying to do to push back on some of those restrictions on the city, like using federal funds for uh, the streetcar, as well as using federal American Rescue Act money that's already in the city's coffers to fund diversity, equity, inclusion, because that's one of those restrictions at the state level. They cannot use city taxpayer money. So they're like, well, we're going to use federal money that's already there to defund actually double the funding for diversity equity inclusion the um, uh, two offices there in the city government um so there's ways that the city is going it, the common council is going to be countering these restrictions and so that might make it easier for some of these common council members to vote yes because they can say well i i did this to save the the city i did that's what alderman brostoff said i i i have the chance to save the city i will save the city by voting for the sales tax right because that money is going to stop 
what uh, the fire chief spoke and the police and, and the police union, all these other groups are saying is that devastating cuts could be coming if they don't get the sales tax. I think that's a good time for us to go off the record. This is the part of the podcast where we get a little more casual and have a little fun by answering a question for which we have not prepared. And as always, here to ask us that question is Open Records Senior Executive Producer, Sarah Smith. Oh, hi. Um, I have to start this with, um, are you a vegetarian? I am not. Great. Okay. okay. I will proceed. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, the question today is... You should have just gotten up and walked out. Yes, <laughs> I am and left. Yeah. Flip the table. Um, okay. What instantly... A lot of people are going to be grilling out. You know, it's the coming upcoming holiday weekend. What instantly ruins a burger? Well, you already know my answer. Okay. And I was going to preface it with, you can't answer with the answer that I know you're going to answer, which is pickles. But that's, I mean, you know my history of pickles. But why I hate them goes specifically back to burgers. (laughs) McDonald's, cheeseburgers, when I would unwrap that as a child, and if there was still a pickle on there and I bit into it, The pickle's the problem. What about that horrible cheese? (laughs) (laughs) Oddly enough, that wasn't a problem. Okay. Um, All right. No, okay. But all right. So setting the pickles aside. Let's say pickles aren't even an option to ruin it. Um, what instantly ruins a burger? Do you have an answer right away? Yeah, I think definitely if it's burnt. Okay. You know, that's that, definitely What? Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. But what about so, a topping? Because I think we can no, make all the, the question was what? Well, the char is okay, but I don't, really, I don't want it to be a puck. I mean, we're talking about, yeah, if it's a hockey, like I'm a, I played hockey. If it's a hockey puck, then no, <laughs> that that's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Like, I don't care. I'm, I'll take ketchup. I'll take whatever you put on it. And by the way, I just learned about this whole thing about pulled pork and what's the stuff you put on top of it barbecue sauce no 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 not oh uh, uh, i was thinking the uh, same thing i not uh, not sauerkraut the sour oh it's like coleslaw 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 like i pulled pork so, oh yeah yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. so i never heard of that on, uh-huh. so i went to no. t- i went to two different events in the last two weekends and they both offered pulled pork and what's it called slaw coleslaw, slaw, coleslaw. and i never had that before <laughs> what's it called what? wait, wait, wait where wait, are you wait, from wait, wait. i've had coleslaw okay. but i've not oh, had okay. pulled um, pork with, with the coleslaw, coleslaw on oh, with top. like the creamy and it was and the, awesome. Yeah, it's so good. So by the way, that did not ruin it. But okay. um, but yeah, I could put anything on a hamburger. It's fine. I'll take I, anything. Okay. I will tell you my other answer when I was younger would have been mushrooms. Okay. Because I wasn't yeah, a big fan of mushrooms. Fair. Like like sort of like a saucy mushroom Ooh. topping. Yeah. That's still not my to me, that's one of the few things that I don't want on a burger. Yeah. If you put you know, onion straws, if you want to put a fried egg, if yeah. you want to put bacon, those are all fantastic. Mustard, ketchup. I mean, ketchup's fine. I'm not a huge ketchup fan. It's fine. But mustard, ketchup, uh, you know, I, what I really like on burgers now is like a like a chipotle sauce or something mm-hmm. like that. Fantastic. Blue cheese, amazing. I mean, I can, burgers, I can go almost any way. No pickles. Yeah. And and probably, I mean, I guess I never would have even thought of coleslaw. But Well, yeah. coleslaw on a burger, I don't need, but coleslaw and pulled not? pork is Why good. Not? I don't know. It doesn't all go. I don't know. Because you're going to gonna have the so, coleslaw on your plate anyway mm, next to the beans. I prefer mac salad, but that's a whole other question. <laughs> I want to know what prompt. Do you have something? Because something prompted well, you to ask this. I don't know. Be- no, maybe not really, because I feel like I'm always looking for questions, whether sometimes they come out on the Twitterverse or, you know, Food okay. Network will post But do you have stuff. an answer to this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do I have an answer for this? <laughs> um, I think long and hard about these. Um, I will say uh bread and butter pickles are trash <laughs> like the sweet ones totally like, agree so thank you so i could so only can go, thank you she so, can go specific pitch pickles. well yeah okay. so All dill right. good bread and butter trash um also i'm probably in the minority here 
I'm not a huge egg on a burger fan. Oh, man. I know. Fantastic. I know. I'd yeah. rather sauce it up with something else. I'm a big sauce person. By the way, if I, if I want egg on a burger, I want runny yolk. Runny. Well, I yeah. Want that. We'll yeah. Buy, I don't yeah. want like other, I don't, I don't want over. I don't want like, like an omelet yeah. on the on the burger. Yeah. That doesn't make I've good. got two things. So it doesn't necessarily ruin it, but it's not good. So being sort of a cheese snob, if you're putting the American cheese American on it, cheese is get trash. out of here. <laughs> Another thing, Agreed. I love lettuce on a burger, but if your leg lettuce is soggy, also gross. Get out. Yep. So I, what's the perfect lettuce then? I like because there's a what's the one with Caesar salad? Romaine is yes. crisp Romaine. as yes. thin. Yeah. I agree. Romaine's a, that's a good choice. I can go with that. I mean, you know, sometimes you just get all, your only option is some cheap iceberg. It's got yeah. a little crunch. It doesn't ruin it's it, fine. but it's not, it doesn't add much. But romaine, I mean, it holds its mm. texture and it's crisp. I mean, I don't. I like spinach, but I don't think spinach on a burger mm, is no. a, a good choice necessarily. Good for a salad. Um, for... Now I just want to go get a burger. I know. So mm. Where are we heading for lunch? I know, right? Ooh. All right. Uh, well, if you have a topic you would like us to discuss on Open Record or an issue you think we should investigate for Fox Six News, send us an email to Fox Six Investigators at fox.com. Thank you as always, Sarah and Jason. Thank you for making your maiden voyage on the video version of Open Record. Of course, audio available as well. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. As always, thank you to the people who make this podcast possible, including our executive producer, Sarah Smith, our editor, Dave Machuda, and our chief chief photographer, manning the video switcher, Kale Zimney. With that, I'm Brian Polson. We'll be back next week. 